Our scripture reading this morning comes from Luke chapter 1, 57 through 66. Now the time came for Elizabeth to give birth, and she bore a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown his great mercy to her, and they rejoiced with her. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to name him Zachariah after his father. But his mother said, no, he is to be called John. They said to her, none of your relatives have this name. Then they began motioning to his father to find out what name he wanted to give him. He asked for a writing tablet and wrote, his name is John. All of them were amazed. Immediately, his mouth was opened and his tongue freed, and he began to speak, praising God. Fear came over all the neighbors, and all these things were talked about throughout the entire hill country of Judea. All who heard them pondered them and said, What then will this child become? For indeed, the hand of the Lord was with him. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. After Elizabeth gave birth in this miraculous event, her neighbors and family are gathering to celebrate with her. They are curious about this child. They're curious about the circumstances of this child. They're curious about Zachariah's silence, I am sure. All of this is very unusual. And this passage really makes us think about how we respond to amazement. How often do we allow ourselves to be amazed? Wonder is all around us, but can we recognize it when we see it? As we learn through this series how to rejoice in a weary world, can we also live in a way that allows amazement and wonder to surprise us instead of responding with skepticism and fear and doubt? What does it mean if we respond with shouts of joy? Amazement can be a balm for the weary. And that is what this passage offers us, that moment of amazement. A baby was usually named on the day of his circumcision, and a common practice at the time was to name a first son after his grandfather. In this case, however, Elizabeth's extended family seemed to have decided that the baby would be called Zachariah after his stricken father. His wife, Elizabeth, says that the child is to be named John. And we don't see the point which Zachariah communicates to her that the name is supposed to be John. We never see an angel appearing to Elizabeth. We just know that in this moment, she knows what the name should be. This is a reminder to us that God is at work, even in the moments that we don't see it. And so she offers up this name and everyone disagrees with her. They point out that there's no family precedent for the name John, but Elizabeth stood her ground. Surprise, the people look to the father. Zachariah writes his response on the tablet, tablet his name is John. This grammatical tense matters because Zechariah doesn't write his name will be John, as would have been traditional. He is not yet officially named. 
But he acknowledges that the child is already John. God is already at work. This child's destiny has already been set in motion. And upon him writing this name, upon his tongue being loosed and him finally being able to speak again, the responses of the people are amazement and it is fear. And both of these words occur more in Luke than in any other gospel. Amazement and fear going hand in hand. And I think that the theme, the the title for the sermon this week, Allow Ourselves to Be Amazed, is what is important. Amazement can be a precursor for joy. Joy, though, cannot be coerced out of us. If joy feels out of reach, sometimes it can help to allow ourselves to notice and take in the amazing wonders of each day. Wonders that we can too easily ignore. The swirl of silky white creamer in your morning tea, the carefully crafted bird's nest in your favorite tree, the doe-like steps of a toddler as they discover the confidence to walk. Doe-like is a nicer way of saying that toddlers often look like little drunk babies trying to wander around, but there is joy in that. The dappling beams of sunlight refracting through your windows, allowing ourselves to be amazed instead of complacent or afraid requires paying attention and it requires us to say yes to wonder when it washes over us. Amazement is a balm for the weary because it can awaken that part of us that has become numb. It can renew our senses that have become dulled. And I think that it can turn into joy. There was great rejoicing with Elizabeth after the birth of her son. However, there seemed to be a pause in the praise when the name of the child did not align with the traditions of the day. They didn't believe Elizabeth when she knew her child's name. And so the crowd turned to her husband. And in that moment, they allowed themselves to feel amazed. But fear was their next response. Fear came over the neighbors and the rumor mill went wild. Surely the hand of the Lord would be on this child but that wasn't necessarily a good thing to them. When we experience amazement, we tend to share the news, either to seek validation that it's shocking news or to see everybody else react the same way we did. You think this is weird, right? They picked a random name for this kid and suddenly the guy was talking again. This is weird, right? That's often how we express our amazement making sure that somebody else thinks the same that we do. If I told you that your reward for staying to the end of the service was $1,000, what would your second reaction be? Your first reaction would be amazement, wondering if it's true. It's not. But your second reaction would be to tell somebody else, either to get them to believe you or to see if they're as shocked as you are. But would your reaction 
to something that is amazing, something that is out of the ordinary, something that is unexpected? Do you go to joy in that? Do you rejoice in the unexpected? Do you allow that wonder to fill you up when it doesn't fit with what you expected? Immediately in this story, Zachariah's speech is restored and he bursts forth into song. He becomes an eloquent witness to a new era of the way that God will work. In the song of Zechariah, we get a glimpse of the divine thesis, this coming together of a single child who both fulfilled his parents' most cherished hopes and prepared the way for the coming of the long-awaited Messiah. But God wants to reveal more of God's self by the choice of the name John, which means God is gracious. God is gracious. Think of the wonder in that name. John the Baptist's birthday is celebrated on June 24th, in case you were curious. He is a patron of tailors because he made his own garments, of shepherds because he spoke of the Lamb of God and of masons. It is important to know who these names, what these names are rooted in. Because we can find amazement in what we learn about them. Zechariah means whom Jehovah remembers. Elizabeth is God is satisfaction, and John is God is gracious. This story is filled with wonder. The unexpected joy of Elizabeth being able to have a child at all. Zechariah, who goes speechless at this news, recovers all that he has lost by listening to God. At that moment of covenantal relationship, at the circumcision and naming of the child, that covenant relationship is restored between God and Zechariah as well. God is breaking through in new ways in this story. God is redeeming and reclaiming all of creation. God's graciousness is a work of wonder in this small story, this naming of, a one, of one child. During this time of year, when the days are shorter and the darkness seems to dominate time itself, we light the Advent candles so we can look upon them with amazement at the way that they can shine in the darkness. We know that things are about to change. And so I invite you to take some time to be truly amazed. (laughs) By hats and joy and the sparkles of the season to allow your feelings of amazement to turn into unexpected joy, to practice awe, to seek out habits and rituals that can allow you to be amazed in this season. Like joy, amazement is a theme throughout the beginning of Luke's gospel. We hear of so many people being amazed, 
of everyone in Bethlehem who hears the shepherds' good news, of the shepherds themselves, the neighbors at John's birth, Mary and Joseph. We assume that more characters are filled with wonder and joy and amazement. And so how can this amazement shape us in the middle of a weary world? For Zechariah, giving into that wonder, living into God's promise, loosens his tongue and he decides to sing. What if we are so overtaken with the joy of the season that we decide to sing? We sing thanksgiving and blessings. We pass the blessings on to others. I invite you in this season to live into the amazement that is before us. To know that there are great things that we cannot see, but there is plenty of joy that we can see. And so turn off that voice that says, isn't that weird? I don't know if that is the name that they should have chosen. But to instead respond to those moments with a sense of wonder. What a beautiful name. How joyful it is that this child is here. To turn to a world that is overrun with cynicism and with doubt. And to say that just for a little while, we're going to lean into the awe. And we will give thanks to God for that. Amen.